Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 289. There are no longer any undefeated teams left in the NFL as the formerly 8-0 and Philadelphia Eagles are now 8-1 and after losing to the 11-point underdog Washington Commanders in front of a national audience on Monday Night Football. Uh, ugly game uh, for the Eagles. Very weird game. Very sort of unlucky game. Uh, for the birds in that matchup. Uh, but before we get to all that and uh, some bad injury news uh, as well, why don't we first hear about the finest meat snacks in the land from my friend Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I am not convinced, Jimmy, that the Eagles ate enough righteous fell in Kraft Turkey before this game on Monday night. I think if they had more, <laughs> they would have won the game. Um, so don't be like the Eagles in this instance and don't find yourself not eating enough righteous felon craft jerky which you can get by going to righteousfelon.com and using discount code bgn15 for 15 percent off your order <sighs> jimmy frustrating one I, I have to say definitely a frustrating loss for the eagles it was a game just get a little overview here before we get into the i, mean, I guess the specifics it just wasn't their night i think, <laughs> I think that's what it boils down to um, despite that, it was a game they still could have won and they would not have deserved to win it, but they could have won it and they didn't. And here they sit at eight and one, still atop of that NFC as a whole, still atop of the NFC East. So certainly could be a lot worse. And, you know, the actual feeling of losing, uh, you're not really ready for that, I think, until it actually happens. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, they're cushion in the nfc is what really took the biggest hit um now they're tied with the vikings at it's eight and one of course win. they have the head-to-head uh tiebreaker uh against against the vikings that game was crazy by the way the vikings bills game uh on sunday and then of course their cushion against the giants is now reduced to one game they, they're only up like one game on the giants they were up uh two and a half games uh, to Dallas after they lost uh, in Green Bay on Sunday. Uh, could have gone up three on them, but now they're only two ahead of Dallas. So, uh, yeah, opportunity lost here. And it's a divisional game, which is uh, potentially um, harmful in terms of tiebreaker. Uh, yep. Tiebreakers down the line against either Dallas or or the Giants. Before we get to the game, though, I think we should pro- – let's cover Dallas okay. Goddard first because it was reported by Mike Garofolo and Tom Palacero that he is going to be out for a significant amount of time. I forget exactly how they worded it, but that's extended essentially what it time was. Extended time the way they said it. Okay, extend, okay. So I guess the first thing we have to see is if they put him on 
injured reserve this week, which if they do, then that means they think he's going to be out for a month or more because he'll have to miss uh, at least four games. Um, so that's the first thing. I imagine that's probably what will happen mm -hmm. because it, that's what extended time means to me. Maybe, uh, you know, Mike Arafolo and Tom Palacero, I don't know, over-exaggerated. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. But um, it's a devastating loss if he's out for a really long time because when you look at depth uh, across the Eagles roster, that is one position where you, the the drop-off from the starter to whoever is replacing him is is like very wide uh, gap in terms of talent level. Dallas Goddard is a top five kind of tight end in the NFL without any obvious uh, glaring weaknesses in his game. And you're either, and you're going from him to a combination of Jack Stoll, who is a good blocker, but not much of a threat as a receiver. Uh, uh, Grant Calcaterra, who I think he showed in training camp when he was healthy, uh, I mean, he he missed a lot of camp, but when he was healthy, he showed that he could catch the ball a little bit. Can't block yet. Uh, total liability in that department. And maybe Tyree Jackson, who the Eagles, uh, they activated the 21-day practice window for him to return from the PUP list. I think that was uh, October 26th. Yep. So he'll they have to activate him, like, just doing the math in my head on that. Tomorrow. Wednesday, Wednesday, November 15th? Wednesday, November 16th is the last. So they either have to do they have to do one of two things. Activate him from Pup to the roster, or he's done for the season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a big it's a big loss if, if uh, they lose. I mean, hashtag analysis. Of course it is. He's got over 500 receiving yards so far this year. Uh, he's got three touchdowns. He's a good blocker. He's a guy that, I mean, didn't even come off the field mm -hmm. after he got injured uh, in that game. Uh, it's a tough player. That the the play that had happened on, of course, of course, he got injured on that play, which was one of the worst. I mean, just it's one of the worst plays of the Eagles season. Uh, to, maybe the worst play of the mm -hmm. Eagles season when he got. I mean, now it is now that he got hurt. It was maybe a toss up between that and the Quez Watkins oh. fumble. Uh, but on that play, of course, as you all saw in the game, Jamin Davis just grasped his face mask and yanked his face down into the turf. And then um, Ridgeway, I forget what his first, John Ridgeway, I think, just with his 320 pounds, landed on uh, Goddard with all of his with all of his weight and probably crunched up his shoulders uh, inside of his body. And um, yeah, he's going to be out for, for a while. He, he stayed down on the field for a little while after that play, but because it was a turnover, he didn't miss any snaps. And uh, like, like I said, he played in every snap in that game. But man, that's a it's a big loss if, if he's if, if he's out into the like if he just if he just misses regular season games that's fine well, it's if not he's fine. out it's into not, the it's playoffs well okay but i mean it's not it's not okay obviously it's not as bad right. as the the doomsday scenario is if he has to miss if he like if that injury extends into the playoffs which um i mean he is such an integral part uh, of the team in the offense that i mean it, it's going to be almost impossible to replace what he does for the offense yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. He's obviously one of their top three guys. I mean, if you want to look at how he ranks in different receiving categories real quick, uh, third in targets, third in receptions, just one behind A.J. Brown, uh, receiving yard second, receiving touchdowns tied for second, big plays. Uh, we talk about how he's so good at that for a tight end specifically, tw uh, 20 mm -hmm. plus yards or more, second on the team. And then first downs, he's tied for first. Um, huge to them moving the chains. 
So it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think the options behind them have potential not to certainly really close the gap on the, on what you're missing with him. But like, I, I will say it, it's preferable to me to having, you know, Richard Rogers back there. Who's like a guy who like, you know, he is what he is. Like there isn't potential for him to be good. He's just going to be what he is. Richard Rogers, which is fine as like a number three tight end, but certainly not someone who you want as your top tight end. Like in theory, Tyree Jackson might come back and maybe he kind of, flashes some of that potential we saw back in training camp of 2021 i'm not banking on that i'm not saying mm-hmm. it's likely but there's there's like some kind of potential here and like grant calcaterra maybe he can be a thing um so maybe you can kind of piece it together for these next four games if that's all he has to miss obviously to your point if it's a more extended period of time i don't feel good about that <laughs> the face mask being missed is just it's just pathetic like everyone's seen the screenshot by now and if you haven't i have it in my article of Dallas Goddard, uh, the news of his injury on bleedinggreennation.com. Back judge is literally staring at him. What the F is he looking at? What is he looking at? What could he possibly be looking at except the ball? Like, what else is he looking at on that play? He's a clear angle. There's no one in front of him. He's staring at Dallas Goddard. How do you not call that? I want to be very clear. The Eagles deserve to lose this game. No question about it. They could have still won the game, despite the fact they deserve to lose this game. But these refs were infuriating. They made it all that more frustrating. With just like this nonsensical. Like what? How would you miss that call? And in such a crucial situation. And like it wasn't like uh, you know that didn't have anything to do with the turnover. I'm pretty sure Dallas got her having his head almost ripped off. Like contributed to him losing control of the football. Like so, how do you reward that? It's dumb. Oh yeah, he lost that fumble because he was being. It wasn't like a, you know what I mean. Face. But like, I want to distinguish that here. It wasn't just like they would have got bailed yeah. out by some ticky tack thing. No, like this this illegal play contributed to this very uh, important like moment in the game. So it's just incredibly frustrating. I mean, refs are going to miss calls. I get that, but like, I'm just I'm I don't understand how the back judge is looking at it. And then the explanation after the game, I thought was pretty lame, and the, I just. Does, does it change anything? No. But I just feel like there's a lack of accountability when it comes to like, oh, we did miss that call. Like, clearly he got face masked. It was like, oh, we didn't see it on the field. Well, how did he not see it? And also, can you admit you at least saw it on the replay that you had to look at like 50 times? Anyway. Right. Uh, so that's ridiculous. It makes the injury that much more frustrating. It's literally adding injury to insult um, because that was such a pivotal moment of the game. Um. While we're talking about the officiating, I guess we should just stick with that real quick because the Brandon Grant, I mean, there was other calls yeah. too. Um, I thought, and to be clear, I'm not saying the officiating was only one-sided. I thought the pass interference penalty that the Eagles benefited from on Devontae early in the game Agreed. was a little tacky. I understand why they called Agreed. it. I don't think it was a phantom call, but I thought, you know, I probably wouldn't have thrown the flag if it were me. Um, but mm-hmm. the Brandon Graham play, and I know there was a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where from the press box, I could see that Whoever he hit, he hit in bounds. It was not out of bounds. So I don't know how you missed that. Um, I don't know if they call that helmet to helmet or uh, or uh, or head about. Obviously, the, the guy was very clearly yeah. still in bounds. If, if even if it were a helmet to helmet, I thought that would have been a weak call mm-hmm. as well because he didn't like lead with the crown of his helmet. Um, it was more like incidental helmet to helmet. 
but yeah, that was obviously a very bad call. I had forgotten about that. That one actually, didn't really matter. He gets the interception in the next play, so not the biggest deal. Yeah. But, um, the Brandon Graham. I can't believe people are like, oh, we shouldn't have run into him. The whistle was blown as he was like <laughs> sliding. Dude, what did you want him to be in the Matrix? Like, what the hell? What did you want, Brandon? I, I have no, I have no, no respect. <laughs> respect is a hard word. Um, I have no, I, I can't buy anyone saying Brandon Graham should have let up there. He should have known better. How? He was literally like sliding already. I, I watched that clip, like not exaggerating, a hundred times. Every time I watch it. The whistle is blown as Brandon Graham is already sliding towards Taylor Heineke. What is he supposed to do? Stop his momentum as he's sliding? I don't know. I don't know what the coaching point is there. What are you going to tell him to do differently? And also, I think there's no context of like he's weaving through traffic as he's rushing at the quarterback. He doesn't have a, like a, a clear line of sight on Heineke the whole time. He doesn't know that he's necessarily taking a knee there, which, by the way, right. I feel like that's a new market inefficiency. If you're a quarterback and it's like third and 26, and you're probably not going to get a first down anyway. Just take a <laughs> knee in the back in the freaking yeah. backfield and hope someone runs into you because that's apparently a penalty. Yeah, like that. That was. And again, the Eagles should have still lost the game anyway. And maybe they get the ball back and they don't even do anything because they had that pathetic drive, which I feel like is not getting talked about enough coming out of this game, where um, and is the one where they ended with Jalen Hurts just like dropping his eyes and running into a five yard sack on third and eight. Like what the heck was that from the offense? But that was frustrating as well. The Brandon Graham call. So you mentioned the uh, uh, the referee explanation about um, the Goddard play. I thought his explanation on the Graham play was even worse. Um, referee's Alex Kemp, by the way. He's doing uh, other fellow Kemp, in my case, yeah. Kemp's keys. Are you related to him? Um, a, a <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, he's doing all other Kemp uh, or Kemp's keys a disservice with his bad officiating from, from Monday night. But here's so Zach Berman is the is the pool reporter uh, for us. And if there's first of all, if if you ever have to interview an official after a game, that's not a good sign for the official. Like it's, it's it only happens maybe like once a year, on like you know, maybe like twice, where an uh, an official will be interviewed after the game by by a pool reporter because of a crucial play that happened in the game that they sort of have to answer for. And his explanation was, uh, "quote I had ruled the quarterback had had clearly given himself up." Therefore, he is down and a defenseless player. The contact by Philadelphia number uh, 55, Brandon Graham, of course, was not only late, but also to the head and neck area. So like, OK, a couple things to unpack here. First thing is the notion that Kemp, quote unquote, ruled that Heineke had given himself up. I mean, that might be true in his own mind, but like you said, he didn't blow the whistle right. until like Brandon Graham was already sliding into him. So like, unless Brandon Graham is a mind reader, he can't possibly know that that was the ruling on the, the according to this referee. But then also the idea that like it was a headshot is completely laughable. Like well, he kind of slid into him and yet there was contact to his head, but that in no way is the type of headshot that the NFL is seeking to pass. Also, what is it? Is it that it was late or was it the head? Because you said two different things there. Right, which one is it? Which, right. Which what Zach is Berman uh, at, followed up about, and he said, well, like, either way, I guess. But, like, but which one is it, though? Because you said two different things. <laughs> like, like what, what's your conviction here? What did you really see? Because you yeah. you're just trying to, like, come up with reasons now, it seems like, to justify what was clearly a bad call. And also, um, like, Taylor Heineke getting up right after and celebrating, like, they just won the Super Bowl. Like, whatever. He's allowed to do that. But like that, this is so we've we've lost the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule is to protect the quarterback from getting hurt. 
Taylor Heineke looked pretty okay to me. Yeah. I know it's not like you can pick up the flag at that point, but it just kind of underscores how ridiculous of a call it was when the quarterback was clearly not affected at all and was just trying to – like, I, I hate – when officiating is done by literally letter of the law and not the spirit of the rule. Cause that's what, that's what the rules are for. It's about like enforcing, you know, a concept. I feel like not literally just like, does this happen? Like, mm-hmm. like it's not, it shouldn't always be so literal. Um, but whatever, getting away from the point here, uh, a, a good referee would not have thrown that flag. So like game deciding play, you can, exp- <laughs> you can, you can, ex- you can maybe make the point that it's a pen, like it's by letter of the law, it's a penalty and he should have thrown the, and, and you know, a, a flag reasonably could have come out. A good official does not throw that flag. A bad one does. It's just, you're just inserting yourself in the game and deciding the game for why, because like what, why did Washington deserve to be rewarded for that? Because the quarterback, I don't, I don't, anyway, whatever. Um, there's a good play by Heine- let's I'll give Heineke credit for, for for on two things on that play. First of all, um, he knew what to do in that situation. They dropped back to pass. There's nobody open. He knew not to throw it away. He knew to stay like go down to force the Eagles to call their final timeout or else the clock is going to run. So good job by him on that. And then also the flop, like he flopped on that play and it wasn't such like an egregious flop where you go, okay, well I'm not throwing the flag because that was like, you overacted it on that one. But I thought his acting on the flop was actually stellar. Um, all right. So I want to get away from the ref thing because I know our people are going to be like, oh, you're complaining about the refs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be, to be clear, the Eagles justifiably lost 100%. that game. And they conversely, to lose. The, commanders, the commanders won that game. They played phenomenally well, and, and for, for, the, for their level of talent that, the that they have. Like they, they came out with a yeah. great game plan, and I thought that they executed it like, to, to, the, to the degree that uh, they, they absolutely – justifiably deserve to win that game. I will say the first half, the Eagles got outplayed for sure. The second half, the Eagles lost. Like, they, they beat themselves in the second half. That's how I look at it. At the second half of the game, um, they, they put themselves in a bad spot with a really bad first half. I mean, as you know, throughout the game, as I was texting you, um, like, Jonathan Gannon, man, look at these drives. So, obviously, the Eagles start the game. They have uh, Washington, you know, they uh, it's a three and out until the penalty. Washington gets a second chance. Heineke gets strip sacked by Josh Sweat. Nice play. Eagles go up 7 0, which just makes the loss hurt all the. Yeah, it looks like all yeah, the route like, is okay. on. Like, this should be <laughs> and then not so 11 much. and a half point favorites, by the way. It went up to right before kickoff. Um, oh, did anyway, it? Okay. Uh, these are the, the, the consecutive four drives before the end of the first half. 13 plays, 75 yards, 7 minutes, 21 seconds off the clock, touchdown, tie game. Then 12 plays, 49 yards. 6.30 off the clock, field goal. Washington cuts it to a 14-10 to 10 lead. Then 16 play, 86-yard, 7 minutes, 4 seconds off the clock. Washington takes the lead for the first time, 17-14. to 14, And then they get a field goal at the end of the first half, and 8 plays, 30 yards, a minute, and 6 seconds off the clock. So the Eagles are down at halftime by 6 points. I mean, mm-hmm. what what was the one word? Do you... I'll, I'll... Hold on, let, let me piggyback off that too. So after the second half ended, the Eagles got the got the ball to start the half. They went bang three yep. and out quickly, and then Commanders fourth yeah, drive, true. fourteen plays, sixty six yards, eight twenty three, <sighs> and a field goal. Half, more than so half of the, the three... second quarter or third quarter. <laughs> so hold on, the three the three long drives that you mentioned the seven twenty one, the six thirty, the seven oh four. And then the one that I mentioned, the 823, if you add them all up, you get 29 minutes and 18 seconds, which is basically half of the game on those four scoring, on those four commander scoring drives. 
this is how, and you know, shout out to loyal listener, good friend Noah Becker. This is literally how Jonathan Gannon wants to play defense. Like, obviously, he, I mean, he wants to force turnovers. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't want to allow points. Sure. But in terms of like the style, this is exactly how he wants to play his defense. What is the one word we use? I'm way too fired up about a game that really doesn't, I think, matter a lot. In the, like, if we're talking about quick pause here, if we're talking about concern, uh, if I didn't already say this for the Eagles long term, I might get a two out of 10 with this loss. Yeah, they're, they're going to be fine. Frustrating. Yeah. And something that is a concern is this like Jonathan Gannon, man. I know he's done some, some obviously, some good things this year. Eagles defense has produced. But I, I keep saying, I, I've, been say, I've been beating this drum that I think it's more about the talent than it really is him. And this game reminded me of last year in 2021. And what was the one word we always came back to to describe Jonathan Gannon's defense? Begins with a T. Do you remember? It has something to do with the thing I'm pointing to in my mouth right now. I was I was considering at one point during last night's game tweeting out a picture of a person with a mouth with no teeth, but then I decided that would be really disturbing, so I did not do it. But you get the point. They get the point. You get the effect. It's toothless. It's just oh, we'll just sit back and we'll make the quarterback drive all game. He's going to make a mistake at some point. Jimmy, what did you say on the podcast leading up to this game? How did Gannon not listen to that? You just you you said leading up to this game. Taylor Heineke lives at the line of scrimmage. It's what he wants to do. He wants yeah. to live at the line of scrimmage yeah, and all these, yeah, yeah. these little BS plays. And, of course, Washington wants to run the ball after seeing, uh, and we, we'll get into that, uh, the Texans have success with that last week. Why not challenge him? Why not challenge him at one point to actually, you know, make up, again, a description you used, rag arm. Why don't you make him use that rag arm to test you right. down the field? And we saw, and we saw it too. We saw it like when he did throw it down right. the field, you saw how weak it. So why aren't you doing that more? Yeah. And also like Washington's MO, they know they're the lesser team in this matchup. They want to shorten the game. They want to go on these long drives. Why are you allowing them to do that? Make them decide. Make them make a big play. And they didn't even eliminate the big plays fully, by the way. So it's not like, oh, well, the defense eliminated the big plays, but they just gave up short stuff. No, <laughs> right. they allowed big plays too. Just like pathetic, honestly. This Washington offense is not good. Like, I've been, you know, I, I keep tabs on the other SB Nation NFL uh blogs especially the nfc East ones and hogs haven mm-hmm. had like so many articles the past couple weeks or whatever even with wins like this offense is so anemic like they can't do anything they're pathetic and the eagles just let them march down the field yeah i mean their their game plan was was very clear very early in the game and um so i, I thought like jonathan gannon's game plan was fine like initially but once their game plan was like just crystal freaking clear that they were just going to run it and run it and run it as much as they could, keep, stay on schedule. They're getting runs of like like run for three, run for four, and they'd be third and three to convert it. Run for five, run for three, third and two, convert it. Run for one, run for seven, third and two, convert it. Like they just they just kept getting the they kept kept trying their their pass to stay on schedule, which is frankly a sign of respect. Knowing they that full well, knowing full well that they did not have the talent to match up against this Eagles team, they wanted, like you said, they wanted to shorten the game, just burn clock, and you know, kind of methodically drive down the field if they could. And they just convert, kept converting, you know, third down after third down after third down. I actually thought the Eagles' run defense was fine mostly. So they, they the Commanders rushed the ball forty nine times in that game. They 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 ran for one hundred and fifty two yards which is yards per carry average of 3.1. So normally you'll take 3.1 all day 
like every game and like but at some point you got to get you know stops on on third down and and on their they they at one point they were they ended up 12 for 21 on third down which is bad but at one point they were 12 of 16 so they actually you know didn't convert on on their final five third down attempts but 12 of 16 at one point in that game for as you mentioned like a bad offense and some of those weren't like some of those weren't short ones. It was like third and 11 on one third and seven. I think they're Terry McLaurin was just eating them alive on those uh, high leverage situations. I thought the corners were playing too far off. I don't know if that was um, on Slay or, and or Bradbury, or if that was sort of the, the design of the scheme for this game. Uh, but I don't think they, they drew up enough pressures you know, either run blitzing them or blitzing them on third down situations. I don't think there was enough of that. It was the same kind of like, um, soft, like unaggressive, toothless, as you mentioned, kind of defense. And at some point, like, again, I thought it was fine early on. Like, okay, let, let Tyler, uh, Tyler, let Taylor Heineke, you know, make a mistake and throw you the ball. But at some point, once they're converting on all these third downs, you got to adjust and, and kind of um, come up with a different way to stop this offense because you can't just be content to let them hold the ball for the entire game and not get, and and have your offense sitting on the sidelines all day. And to his credit i put that in air quotes because i don't feel good giving him credit because it was too late he did adjust later in the game it seemed like maybe some of that was also washington kind of yeah fourth quarter they, they started playing good defense right but it's too late it was too late at that point <laughs> right. damage was done and it's just it's really disheartening from a standpoint of like if taylor heineke could do this it's like well then you know like what's tom brady gonna do if you're gonna play this way hopefully <laughs> right. you know they would learn and not do that but um it's it's just it's really frustrating from a defensive coordinator whose aesthetic is just so it's so so lame so freaking lame like who who likes this who is like this is a cool way to play I know it's worked for them <laughs> at times and I get the theory of you know guys are going to make mistakes but I don't know man they they needed to adjust quicker than they did and they didn't and they lost the game because of it and that's not to say it's the only reason they lost. When the offense turns the ball over three times, then four, if you can include the last play of the game, certainly an issue, and we'll get into that. But, And I will say in the run defense, it clearly wasn't efficient overall, you know, with that three-point whatever number it was. Mm-hmm. 3.1. Like, it was yeah. it was good when they needed it, though. Like when they were in the red zone, uh, and Brian Robinson is like yeah. bowling over. Brian Robinson, who just got shot like a couple weeks ago or two months, whatever it was, is like bowling over Fletcher Cox. Like, great Great job, Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox, who, by the way, has um, now zero sacks, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits in his last, like, 279, 289 snaps played. That's his last six games. Uh, top 10 interior defensive line. But he played 70 snaps in that game, by the way. It's 70. too much, but also, like, it's just so weak, too, because Jordan Davis is out, and that hurts. But it's also so lame. I just, I, I'm tired of, like, oh, Jordan Davis is out, so the Eagles can't have a good defense. Like, what are you talking about? How many how many teams are dealing with injuries and like and how how many yeah. times he's a he's a rookie. and also like think about the the injuries Jim Schwartz had to deal with he has starting freaking Josh yeah. Hawkins in a playoff game and they hold the Saints to like what twenty points or whatever like come on give me a right. break like figure it out Gannon does he doesn't he does not maximize what you have I feel like at the very best he'll give you what they should be their talent level but he will not get more he will not squeeze more of that orange than that can possibly be squeezed. It's just, it's so, so I just, I, I'm over the aesthetic. It's, it's very frustrating to me. Uh, any other Yeah, I mean, th- that's what happened. Like that, that, that game is basically what it looks like when that approach goes badly. Mm-hmm. And um, 
when when it does go badly, those I mean that kind of game is just extraordinarily hard to watch because the Commanders had the ball for like forty one minutes in that game. Eagles had the ball for nineteen. The Commanders ran like eighty three plays. I think they ran fifty one plays in the first half. Just to put that in context, remember the 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 first game of the Chip Kelly era when yeah. they played Washington in in uh, Maryland. Um, and they, I think they ran 53 snaps in the first half of that game. The commanders ran two fewer snaps than the Eagles in that game without the tempo. They were like running the clock down. Like the play clock was running all the way down almost to zero on, on, on almost all their plays. And he started 51 snaps in the first half. The Eagles ran 19 snaps, I think, in the first half. That is just an absurd discrepancy. Washington just completely owned that half. And, uh, I think up front, like we looked at like, you know, the way that the Eagles played against uh, the commanders week three, when they just owned their defensive line, they couldn't in this mm-hmm. game because they ran the ball so much and you have to account for it and camping yours back and go after the quarterback. I thought when they like had some opportunities to do that, they were able to get pressure. And, you know, you mentioned the Josh sweat sack, Javon Hargrave had a mm-hmm. sack. Uh, that, that was nice. They had other guys that were getting pressure on that play too, but they just didn't have the opportunities to go after him because they kept getting, because the commanders just did a very good job staying on schedule on first and second down. So, so, yeah, again, like on the one hand, I think they did a, a I don't think the run defense was the biggest culprit in this game uh, more. You know, I, I, certainly I think their their third down conversions were by far the the the, the more egregious uh, defensive concern in that game. But uh, to your point, like in the red zone, they were good. And I think it's at some point when the adjustments didn't come, you needed the Eagles to make big stops in the run game. Like yeah, get TFL a tackle for right. loss, get a gain of one, get a gain of, or, you know, a gain of mm-hmm. zero Knock them and off then schedule. put them in those second or third, third and long uh, situations. And they just weren't doing that. Even when they were sort of stopping the run, like a two yard gain and then like a four or five yard gain, it was devastating to them. Even like it was just death by a thousand. Yeah. Cuts. I think that's a key point by you. Like the lack of negative plays, like even if it's three yards, okay, you get three yards on your first two plays. Then it's, you know, like what third and third and four. Uh, and I feel like, the, and, and that mm-hmm. was Washington's average distance to go last night. According to our good friend, uh, Zach Berman, it's 4.6 yards. It's the lowest of any opponent for the Eagles this yeah. season. They kept getting into third and manageable and they kept converting. And some of those conversions were not like tight window, great throws by Heineke. Guys are just open, wide open at times. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> yes. Against the secondary that's yeah. been pretty locked down. Darius Slay obviously did not have a good game, probably his worst game. Uh, and then Terry McLaurin's an, a pretty awesome wide receiver. So some of that is, you yeah. know, he's not going to. He's a top 10 guy in yeah, my opinion. He's not going to lock him all game, get down all game long, um, but certainly you would want better. Uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, speaking of those tackles for loss, would have been nice to see one for him. It seems like he's just cooked, right. which is unfortunate because he just paid him $14 million this year when it was. Very apparent that he shouldn't have been brought back. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. lack of Jordan Davis hurts for sure. Having to play Hargrave and Coxmore, all that. Uh, a lot of issues, really, across the board. Uh, but we can get off the defense. Oh, by the way, last thing really quick. It's like some weird sentiment that the Eagles like should play into Kobe Dean more, and that's going to fix the defense. Where's this coming from? Like, why? How is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the plan? Like, <laughs> how does it feel? Like, are you subbing him in for... Um, are you subbing him Josiah in for Kaiser White? Uh, are you subbing in him for for TJ Edwards? Or are you putting three? Are you now playing in like a base defense, like three linebackers on the field with what? Your, I mean, 
you playing a four three at this point? Like you completely changing your defense and putting to get Nicobe Dean on the field? Yeah, I don't understand that either. All right. Uh let's take a break here and quickly righteousselling.com discount code BGN fifteen at righteousselling.com. And Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Jimmy, tell me about her. Yeah, you can reach her at eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. She's a realtor. She can sell you a home. She can go take you around, look at houses. Uh, if you want to buy one of them, you can. Or if you're looking to list your home for sale, you should do so with Kristen Roach. Voted by God. God himself or herself as the number one realtor in the history of the universe. When you think about how big the universe is and how long it's been around, it's staggering to know that Kristen Roach was voted by God as the the number one realtor in the history of the universe. So call her, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, the first post-loss edition of BGN Radio. Jimmy. You're fired up on this I, one. It's just it's a lot of frustration. It's not <laughs> It's not even about the loss itself, like, again, in the magnitude, but just, although the, the, the Vikings thing is frustrating and the Cowboys thing is certainly frustrating, especially because I have to record the NFC mixtape in about, like, 30 minutes with RJ, and I do not get to troll him as much as I, I still will troll him to some extent, obviously, with the Cowboys losing, but... Cowboys had no, a bad and, loss. And worse than the Eagles, I would say. Uh, not yeah. with the full force I could have. Um, but yeah, it's just it was just frustrating. It was a frustrating night. Uh, it clearly just was not their night. Let's get to the offense. Uh, I thought Jalen yeah. Hurts played fine, right? Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he was finished 17 to 26 for 175, 6.7. Just yeah, they barely had the ball. Barely had the ball. <laughs> so you know? strange that two deep shots he took two resulted in negative plays in terms of like the one yeah. ball is literally in AJ Brown's hands. Both, both great throws. <laughs> it's in AJ Brown's hands. It's in his hands. It, it, it turns into an interception, which by the way, the run back was so pathetic. I can't believe more. Just another point about like not good officiating. Didn't matter. Like the run back because the Washington, whatever scored anyway, after that, yeah, he, was clearly he was clearly, down. I was in the yeah. moment. I was like, he's down. He's clearly down. Like, but guys can get hurt <laughs> right. on that run back. And these refs are like allowing it to happen. Right. It's so dumb. Uh, so that's that's part of what I am frustrated about. This like the incompetency of the ref, regardless of the result. Like it's just bad process. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that not only does that play result in a bad play, but <laughs> then it finally hits Quest Watkins, and it's such like a vibe shift in terms of like, oh, the Eagles are going to win this game now. Like, the big play to Quest Watkins. <laughs> this is yeah. where they're going to go ahead. Uh, if not on that play, then they're going to march, you know, into into the red zone and get a score. And no, he fumbles. Of course he does, because that's how the night is going. Um, I, not much to say. Just a really bad loss by Quez. I do. Maybe I can add a little bit of color and perspective here. I can clearly remember at least, if not multiple times, at least once. And I think multiple when Nick Sirianni would get on Quez during those drills they would do, like at the beginning of practice where we can still film and take pictures in training camp mm-hmm. where they would like be carrying the ball and they would have someone try to punch it out as the guys were going to the ground. I remember Sirianni getting on Quez, I think, I think multiple times. I think one of them was even in Cleveland, uh, another one in Philly. So maybe that is a real thing with him that has been an issue. Um, but certainly just like not something that you worry about as sustainable like a sustainable problem uh but just bad timing ball security in terms of not fumbling is an enormous point of emphasis within the eagles building um in fact sort of ironically they had put up these signs (laughs) in the eagles auditorium about like uh a couple key po- coaching points on carrying the football is like Eagle claw is how you want to kind of hold the, the, the point of the ball. Um, you want to hold the ball above your elbow. Um, a couple, there's a couple other things on there too, but these two big displays uh, they put up uh, in the, in the auditorium. And uh, I mean, I, I even knew before those things went up, but like, it was a big point of emphasis for them. Um, I know that like one of the, uh, the emphasis of the, like on the bye week on corrections, even though they hadn't mm-hmm. fumbled, I don't think at all. Before, yeah, the, the Texans, the, uh, the, the Texans one was the first one. Yeah, when Hurts got yeah. stripped. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts had two fumbles in that game. He lost one. They got one back. I don't think they had fumbled at all, aside from like a uh, you know a, right. a muff punt or whatever, or like a bad snap that like right. Hurts didn't handle or something like that. Um, but like an actual fumble where like they got stripped or anything like that that hadn't happened, and um, that was a correction. Even though they hadn't mm-hmm. fumbled at all, they had pointed yeah. out. Uh, you know, instances on tape where maybe they were holding the ball carelessly mm-hmm. or loosely, and he wanted them to tighten that up. Uh, I don't think LaShawn McCoy would have been a favorite of uh, Nick Sirianni the way he, you know, used to carry the ball way away from his body. Worked for him. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> it did somehow. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so they, they, uh, he was not happy with uh, the Quez Watkins fumble on that play. And first of all, I thought Quez could have kept his feet on that catch. And if he had, yeah. he's gone. Like th- he's, that's a touchdown. If, if he, if he's able to stay on his feet on that catch, uh, but he, he went to the ground. He, he felt like the, he felt the need to dive for that catch for some reason, uh, went to the ground, got up. And then of course they were able to catch him. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you said, from a vibes perspective, that, that play more than any in the, in that game was just sort of, you know, it just, hammered home the idea yeah this just isn't going to be your night yeah and it's it's tough from like a crowd perspective that's one thing i meant to add in with the defense they just they used to not <laughs> yes. give this team much or this fan base not much like to cheer about obviously they you know go up early in the game sure um the crowd was good then but with all these long drives and then these like like gut uh what are these crushing turnovers gut, gut punching punch turnovers it's just like it sucks the wind out of the stadium so that that certainly uh didn't help matters there um little 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 cheering in the in that press box on that play too I heard by a, the way there's like a little i heard discussion of this commanders yeah. 
Oh, did you? Oh, who'd you hear? Uh, Bo mentioned who, who this on Birds this? of Friends, the recap. Oh, recap did he? Okay, I didn't realize that. The, uh, Washington. Uh, there was a gasp initially when Quez caught the ball. And then when he fumbled, there was a wow. big cheer that, that went up. Big Washington. cheer from uh, some – I don't know who exactly. Well, it had to have been like their PR department. I don't know. Was, mm. I, there was PR department. I don't know who it was. It wasn't their reporters. Uh, but there was a big cheer that went up. Uh, I don't think it was the reporters anyway. That would be extremely unprofessional <sighs> if it were. But, yeah. Uh, like there's there, – it's rare that you hear that sure. in the press box. But they let it, they let it rip uh, after Quest fumbled that ball and they were able to recover so- Devonte had a chance at that recovery yeah, too. By you know, the way, it's a loose ball. It's and, tough. Uh, just yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it's it's hard to do. Um, it's it's an oddly shaped ball. In case you were, uh, in case you're new to football, it's not like a basketball or baseball. That's right. It's got a weird shape. It bounces Good around kind of weirdly, and uh, if you try to dive on it, you don't always get it. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean that 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 play was was like you said, just a total. It wasn't as bad as the Goddard mm-hmm. play. Now that we know that Goddard got hurt, also because of that play. But in terms of that game, I mean, that's a potential game winner. They're they're going to take the lead if he's able to keep his feet and go into the end zone. Yeah. And uh, who knows if if Washington is able to recover? From and again, that point. I think like the crowd's fully back in it into it at that point, and it's just yeah. Like that. They're probably throwing the ball mm-hmm. at that point. You can pin your ears right. back and get after them. Like they probably can't <laughs> exactly. continue on that They're BS. On, on yeah. you know that 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 ball control bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Looking at the rest of the offense, uh, AJ Brown got banged up in this game. Like he clearly tweaked something. Mm-hmm. I believe it was on his first catch, which was his only catch of the night for seven yards. So that didn't help matters. And also, it was a concern moving forward with Goddard uh, missing time. Uh, not great. Devontae also had to get looked at at one point, but didn't miss a ton of playing time. Kelsey. Uh, so did Kelsey. Uh, so did Josh Sweat. Uh, am I missing anyone else? Maybe. I don't know. No, those are the big ones. Sweat Sweat was limping around a little bit in the uh, locker room. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. So, uh, but Ke- Kelsey, Ke- they used like a whole roll of tape <laughs> to mm-hmm. retape Kelsey. I think it was his left foot, uh, his left foot and ankle. Um, yeah, it was because he got hurt on the play before the first touchdown, and then he stayed in, and they ran the QB sneak behind him, and they got in, and he he was he was hurt. Like he wasn't happy after that play, and uh, he was in the trainers. They didn't pull the ten up for him. But they, they took a while retaping that left foot and ankle. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to get into. Uh, kind of underrated discussion point, I think, was the third and 12 uh, penalty that happened with the Washington having an illegal uh, man downfield. Uh, it was declined. Mm. Third and 13 third, it was. According it to the game log, I'm looking at ESPN. It. it says third and 12. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you're right in the stadium. It did say third and 13, hence the discrepancy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have made it either third and 17 or third and 18. And I think like it, so in the moment I, I thought originally, I thought they should have accepted that penalty because you want to force in third and long. Cause you might force Taylor Heineke into do something dumb again. He just right. thrown up uh, the right. previous drive was the one where he threw that interception, the CJ DJ. So I thought you could kind of bait them into making a mistake or maybe he holds onto the ball too long. You sack him. And then they're out of field goal range, and then they have to punt it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, I think he probably had to get a little bit more aggressive there. I think it being a, the fact that it's still, it was a two point game at that point. Um, I think there's more of a discussion. If it made it a two score game, I think you have to accept the penalty at that point because you have to just go balls to the yeah. wall. Um, but I could be wrong. I feel like Sirianni not accepting that penalty has to do a little bit with at least like not trusting totally in Jonathan Gannon. Uh, if not, Consciously, a little subconsciously there. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Well, so uh, by not accepting the penalty, 
it was a 55 right. yard field goal attempt, which is difficult. You to need just me to if you push him back earlier though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly had the leg, but but on that 55 yard kick, he barely cleared the he right. barely cleared the crossbar. So he wouldn't have made that from 60 if, if they mm-hmm. if they like so like for example, let's say you know you you send them back five yards and they throw an incomplete pass. Are they going to attempt a 60 yard field goal based on the way he like crushed that first kick? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he doesn't make it um but, you know, and and like you said um you know i think the idea of pushing them back is putting pressure on them to try to make a play down the field and maybe they don't like maybe they just do a little dump mm-hmm. down and they get five to ten yards or something like that uh right. the eagles it's a risk. You know, rally and tackle and 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 they get a little closer field goal like i, I fine but like yeah i'm with you i, I would have uh, i probably would have accepted that penalty and uh, pushed them back and, and made them try to make a play, see what you can maybe bait them into. Uh, maybe you get a sack, as you said, push them out of field goal range. Maybe you get a turnover, big play uh, like they've done all year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's also – I mean, at the same time, like, I would have done that, but I don't think it was an egregious – No. Call. Like, I don't think it's a no-brainer. It's certainly um, – yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly it was a uh, it was, it was a very defensible call, uh, decision that they made. To okay, go ahead, go go try to make this fifty-five yard field goal. Go, go ahead, see, let's see you do it again. And this isn't a great kicker that they mm-hmm. have. Like he's got a big leg, but he's not the most accurate guy. I think he's actually having a decent season this year. But over his, this is a guy that's kind of like bounce, uh, Sly Joey Sly. I think his mm-hmm. name is. He's kind of bounced around the league a lot. So I don't think he's known as like a, as a as a necessarily ideal kicker to have. Uh, so I, I totally, and he was four for four on the night. He made two kicks of over 55 yards, which kind of goes against, against sort of the luck that the, that the Eagles had in this game. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, uh, it was an interesting call. Did he, he got asked about that in the, in the postgame press conference? Uh, right? I don't remember, but from an ethos standpoint, it just feels like if you're going to be Mr. You know, aggressive in offense, it feels like you might, you know, apply that to the defense as well and try to get aggressive there. Although their defensive coordinators, anything, but uh aggressive but it's not his call it'll be up to Sirianni not Gannon at that point or at least it should be you know there's another underrated call that that, that, that I think I, I, again I don't want to say they messed up the the call not to accept the illegal man downfield penalty because I think it was fine either way like totally justified totally justifiable decision either way but the one play that I thought they messed up was uh after they sort of feebly went three and out so they had the ball with what three something left in the game yeah with a chance to down They're five, penalty. I think it was right after that field goal. No, and they they had a chance to go. The fumble, it the wasn't okay. fumble was right after the field goal. the The Eagles three and out was after they had forced a three and out. Okay, so they have a chance to go down and win the game. Bang, three and out. Run run to Miles Sanders for what like mm-hmm. two, and then there was an incomplete pass, yep. I believe, to Miles Sanders, and then uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> basically ran himself into a sack dropped his eyes way uh, too soon punt. Yeah. so so on the punt uh oh, yeah. Aaron Sipos is back to punt uh the commander's guy gets through the line it's going to block the punt Sipos actually does a nice job of avoiding that yeah. guy and punting it but if, whenever that whenever that happens you're going to have illegal men down mm-hmm. the field so it's a penalty of course I think the punt was like 48 yards close to 50 yards so of course they're going to accept that penalty and make him punt it again but also at that point, so the original punt was like 218 or something like that on the clock. And then afterward, it was like 208. Mm-hmm. I think it was 208. And if you kick it down the middle of the field, it's going to get to the two-minute warning. I, I remember saying before the punt, they should kick this out yeah. of bounds. They should at least angle it out of bounds so maybe it goes out of bounds. Uh, you don't want to like 
aim necessarily towards the sideline because if you shank it even a little bit, it's going to be like a nothing mm-hmm. punt. But at least angle it that way, and maybe it goes out of bounds, and then you're like they're going to get the ball with more than two minutes yeah. left on and the clock, and you preserve one of your timeouts yeah. at that point. Instead, he just kicked it right down the middle of the yep. field. He kicked it like squarely down well, the middle of the field, and it's weird that they didn't think of that. What? It's, like, it's what weird. are they doing? It's, it's weird. The special teams didn't give the Eagles an edge. <laughs> I mean, that's part for the horse all year. Like. They're not going to get that right. Yeah. Um, Did they not think of that? Did they not look at the clock and think? I guess of that? not. I think that's a little. You know, it's 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 minutia. Uh, it's important. There's, but they have enough coaches on the sideline where you think somebody would go. Oh, they should. We should kick this out. I of agree. Back. Somebody can look at the clock and think of I that, agree. right? But I could, I could see how it could get overlooked. I don't think it was egregious. Um, but it's it's certainly you know if you're talking about top tier coaching, elite level stuff, then yeah, that's the stuff they would. They would catch and they would get. Um, last thing I'll say on the offense, at least for me, is that, you know, defense deserves a lot of heat, but the offense did come up small in some big moments. I mean, where the Eagles have been money this season, like money is these, you know, end of second uh, quarter drives. The second quarter has been their quarter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, they get the ball at their own 25 after a touchback uh, with 135 on the clock. And I believe they still had the three timeouts to work with, too. Um, or maybe not. Maybe they only had a couple at that point. I forget. Uh, in any case, plenty of time to at least get a field goal. Go three and out. Right. I mean, like, what was that? And also, why was your per- first pass to Kenny Gainwell, who dropped it? Like, why are we targeting Kenny Gainwell? Like, <laughs> really? Like, that's the guy. Like, you're down three points at this point. So you just you trailing for the first time. We got to get the ball in the hands of Kenny Gainwell. Like, really? Why? Like, really? You had to force it to him there. Like, that's pathetic. How about maybe? At that point, Dallas Goddard wasn't hurt yet. How about maybe get it to him? Or A.J. Brown was being up, so that's tough. But, like, <sighs> Devontae, two yeah. passes. To, to... Birthday, it's, his, it's his birthday. Get throwing the ball. Why, why, why is Kenny Gainwell? Why do you have to force a touch to him in that moment? I just, I, I really did not like that at all. Uh, even if he caught it, I just don't, I don't love how like, you have to get him involved here because it's the two-minute drill. Uh, Eagles go three and out there. That's big because then Washington gets a field goal to go up 20 to 14. Um, first play of the second half, <laughs> three and out. Eagles go three and out. Yeah. Uh, they try to run the ball. Um, kind of just a good breakup, I thought, by Kendall Fuller there. Uh, A.J. Brown clearly wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Kind of tough third and three. I mean, could make the case they could have should have been aggressive and went for it on fourth and three. It's tough. Um, but I think you can argue they should have. They needed a spark at that point. Um, and then, you know, then it's the touchdown drive, which was their longest and best drive. Um, but then it was the fumble, fumble, and then the, the three and out was just a total whimper at the end of the game. I know I touched on that with Hertz earlier, and I said he dropped his eyes, which he did. Um, but yeah. I also think I, I didn't notice this. Shout out to Bo again, who did. I think on that, it was either the third and eight or the second and eight. Like AJ Browning and Devontae were not even on the field. They were like doing some uh, 12 personnel or 13 personnel nonsense. Like, what is that? What are we doing? Yeah, I didn't notice that. What what, what down was that? Was, I can't saying? remember if it was the second or third, but either way, like it's like a, we're talking money situation. Right. Get your best. Yeah. Get your well, best we, like, players. Just stop over players, not plays. Yeah. Nick Sirianni says that. Come on, like what are we doing yes. with some of this? Why are we getting can we gain well involved? These are kind of nitpicking a little bit, but again, if we're talking about no, I don't think no, I don't think that is. I think that's a legit. Okay. Right? Well, there you go. Um. So that was frustrating too. A lot of frustrating things added up to a loss that once again. The Eagles should not have had. They should not have won this game. They did not deserve. I mean, no, 
Inter, they should have won the game from a standpoint of their 11 and a half point favorites. They should have put forth a better, uh, they, they needed to be better than they were, is how I'll put it. Um, but given how the first half went, they did not deserve to win that game at one point. They could have stole it. Uh, they were not able to because uh, they didn't deserve it. They turned the ball over. The refs didn't help at all by any means. And here they sit at 8-1. and one. And next up is a game that we'll talk about more later in this week, probably record on Thursday. Uh, the Colts, who should be very yep. beatable. Yeah, that line is only like seven or seven and a Bang half, the Eagles. six and a half, maybe Bang even. The Eagles. That, holy crap! The, the, the talk about like over uh, overreaction to, to like On one game. The Eagles are gonna smash that team. Like, let's not get uh, let's not overreact to an Eagles loss and the Colts win over the hot burning garbage. The Raiders, Raiders who got shut like, out by really? the Saints. Six and a, it's. Six and a half? Are you kidding me? So anyway, in the aftermath of uh, this Eagles loss, of course, um, yeah, I mean, they have a short turnaround. This will be the third game this year that they have so far where they're playing um, a road game on short rest. Normally, you don't like having to do that. Of course, the first two times they had to do that was what? The Texans and... Week three against Washington. Is it the Commanders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time around. So, um, yeah, this will be their third short game, short rest road game, which I think in this case, like normally you don't like that, but I think in yeah. this case they want to get back out True. on the field and, and flush that and flush this loss as quickly as they can. So I think this actually comes at a fortunate time when uh when when they want to get right back out on the field. Even though they are even that they even as we mentioned, you know, they did come out of that game pretty banged up. I still think they want to get right back out there and, and put this loss. I agree. Behind. And if you stomp the crap out of Indy, then whatever. This game was a this Washington game was a blip on the radar. You know, you've kind of course corrected a bit here. You can, you know, go down the stretch here and still get the number one seed. Certainly not a sky is falling moment. I mean I mean, but you have to do that. You can't go out and then lose against Indy and start like because then that is the that is going to be the, the sky is falling. Right. And, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that's pa- it's panic time. Exactly. To this garbage. Uh, so team. just yeah. find a way to win. Doesn't even have to be pretty. Uh, would be ideally, you know, assert your dominance, show that you're not messing around, stomp this team, this inferior team. Uh, but you got to get the win. It's, it's imperative at this point. The margin for error has decreased after, and and that's why this game is hurtful. I don't I don't buy that this is it's a good thing to lose. There's all those articles last week from ESPN and whatever. Well, actually, the Eagles need to lose. It's better for them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's bad. It's bad that they lost. How, what are we no. talking about? Like, how is this even a, an argument? It's bad that they lost. That being said, can they turn this loss into a positive? Yes, again, um, if they play better moving forward and show that they can't take opponents for granted and that they need to adjust sooner. There are now that they're in this situation, they can make the most out of it. Yes, for sure. But they did not be need to be in this situation. Uh, and that's why it was a frustrating loss for the Philadelphia Eagles who are eight and one, certainly something you would sign up for before the season. If the, if you could take right. the deal that they would right. be eight and one at this point. Um, so that's where they are. Um, uh, we will be back with you again to preview the Colts game and any other happenings this week. Obviously, a short week here with the Eagles having played on Monday. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Jimmy? Um, no, I hadn't really put my any thought into my final thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I guess I am uh, – Indianapolis is one of these weird towns that – I know fairly well because I'm there every year for the NFL Combine. So I guess I'm interested in getting out there and uh, getting that. What they have a ton of is is uh, good steakhouses. So uh, get me. A How do you steak like your steak done out there? Medium, uh, medium. I think that's rare. the right answer. 
Like that's like the yeah, canonical. Yeah, I think that's that's chalk. Yeah, it's the right answer. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway. Uh. You. Yeah. Same. I'm not the biggest uh meat guy. Not like in terms of obviously I love righteous fountain craft jerky, but I don't like in terms of uh like dinner and food. I like to go out and get a burger for sure. I don't really cook with a lot of meat. Um. I, I really I, I don't want just a steak like you know what I mean from a, the grocery store I, I don't want that like I want either like really nice steak or nothing I don't I don't want like this halfway no half measures here um I you know what I got a, I got a point okay. on that by the way I there's there's a uh first of all I have a restaurant I guess to recommend here although it's I don't know if I call it a restaurant or not have you ever been to the Dutch wagon market in Medford <sighs> like it's it's on your Heard way to lbi like on okay 70 that's why i've heard of it it sounds familiar it's it's like if you're going down 70 toward like lbi from long beach Philly, island for those it's on the left side uh, aren't from the area yes <laughs> it's on the left side and it's uh so it's this place run by amish people um and they have these so they have these pretzel dogs oh man where it's a dog Pret- they're pretzel cheese oh. dogs, so they wrap these 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 hot dogs in cheese and and pretzel, and uh, like they 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 cook them and then they throw in this like vat of butter, <laughs> <laughs> and like and like they're it's probably the worst possible thing that you can eat, but holy crap, are they delicious! And then they, just their regular pretzels are amazing too. But then they have like other stuff in that store, like they have a big candy section, they have um, like a butcher section. And I never really tried the butcher section until like, a, I don't know, like a month or two ago. And I got some fillets from there, fired those bad boys up and holy crap, they were amazing. So if you live in the Marlton, Medford, Mount Laurel, Southampton kind of area, I'm sure you already know. Uh, I'm sure you, I mean, everyone knows this place, Dutch wagon market, but uh, yeah, absolutely uh, head on over there and, uh, if you're ever passing by it again, like I said on Route 70, absolutely worth your time to just pop in and see. And they're only open on the weekends. I think it's like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for sure. And that might be it. They might be open on Friday. I don't remember, but they're they're open like at a like no more than three days a week. So like if you want to go there, like if I want to go there and grab a hot dog, like one of these pretzel dogs on Wednesday, can't do it. So it's almost like a treat whenever they're open. Um. I have a take that no one actually likes steak and lobster. They just like butter because everyone's like, well, you know, what makes this so good? We'll just pour a ton of butter on that. Put that on any food. Put butter on like almost any right. food and it's going to be great. Uh, it's like bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Put bacon on anything. It's good. Some people think a bacon cheeseburger is too much. I totally disagree. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's like too yeah, much. Of course. It's a yeah. bit. Yeah. Come on. Um, my final thought is that obviously I'm a big proponent of supporting local. So I feel like I need to throw that caveat out there. But there's a time and place when, you know, I think a chain can make sense for you. And I have a little pro tip for the people, Jimmy. Not sponsors, although Duncan used to be a sponsor originally of BGN Radio. little fun fact. Um, if you're looking to... <laughs> I'm just going to come back. We'd love to have you. <laughs> uh, if you want to maximize your coffee accessibility... Uh, early in the week, especially. So you go to Dunkin' on Monday. You, well, you download their app. Go to Dunkin' on Monday. You get whatever size coffee. I think you it has to be like a medium or large, whatever. And you get a free coffee with that. With a, I think it's any purchase. You get a free coffee with any purchase. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get two coffees. You could get a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. 
But if you want, you know, to, to have your coffee for the next day, because you can do iced or hot, what I would do is I would get a large coffee on Monday, but then you get the free medium that comes with it. So now I'm saving that for the next day. Also, for Wednesday, on Tuesdays now, I think from now until the end of the year, Wawa rewards members. So if you have the Wawa app, uh, you get a free coffee, iced or hot on Tuesdays. So basically what I'm trying to say here is I'm getting three coffees now per week for just the price of one. Not that. Hmm. So okay. if you uh, want to get in on that, feel free. Not a sponsor, but do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite uh, Dunkin' Donuts donut? I'm a so I don't know if it's specifically Dunkin' Donuts related. Um, my favorite donut in general is a Boston cream, but I don't want the white cream in there. I want the custard. So technically, a Boston custard, but I don't yeah. like when it's no. It's a Boston I know, cream, but I don't. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I want to make this all right. I didn't know that they put some places not Dunkin' do Boston cream air quotes, but like they actually put the white cream in there and that's garbage. Like the vanilla cream. Well, it's like, it's just like, like, yeah, like, no, I don't know. It's like white, like white and not liquidy, okay. like, you know, like the custard, but actually like, yeah, yeah, I like get it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't want that. I want the, the custard. And then number two would be the chocolate. <laughs> you got a little fired up cho- about well, that. Cause it's just BS. And I bite into this donut and it's the white and it's not the yellow custard. <laughs> Uh, so that's number one. Yeah, that's All just right. my favorite donut in general. And then number two, close behind, if they don't have the Boston cream, would be the glazed chocolate with chocolate ganache and sprinkles. That one is man, that's a killer donut. What about you? Okay. Well, my daughter is uh, a big fan of the strawberry frosted. That's right. With the sprinkles. Homer Simpson donut. That's right. So, uh, I mean, when she was younger, she's she wouldn't. Uh, react this way now but like when she was like four or five if i came home and that and like they gave me a strawberry frosted but no sprinkles mm-hmm. down city buddy <laughs> yeah i'd have to like go back and get one with sprinkles uh but yeah now uh but yeah uh, that's always been her favorite and remains to this i respect day. that like sometimes i know it seems silly but you the aesthetic needs to be there sometimes I feel strongly about this way when it comes to mint ice cream. I like mint chocolate chip. Better be green. Get out of here with this white nonsense. I need the the, the green is fun. It's such a fun color. How many times do you get to eat something colored like that? You're robbing me of this joy if you're not giving me my green mint ice cream. So I I feel like there are definite things there that are, I can admit it's very silly. It doesn't actually change the flavor, but the aesthetic is part of the experience. You eat with your eyes. It's part of. Yeah. Like. Briars is white. The their mint chocolate chip is white, and it and it actually tastes sure. very good. But uh, yeah, but I'm with you. I'd rather. I'd it's just fun. Put some come food on. Yeah, in there. I don't come care. On. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> All right. This is a this is a. I needed this. I needed. This. It's been a very frustrating uh, time, Jimmy. So I, I needed some some good conversation here. Uh, all right. And people stop listening anyway. So if you're listening to this still, probably you're a real one. We appreciate you subscribing to BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Check out all of our episodes. Check out the YouTube channel because uh, there are videos, including the NFC's mixtape this week, which, I, again, I will be recording with RJ in about 10 minutes here uh, uh, from when we are recording this. Make sure you check out BleedingGreenNation.com for my work, PhillyVoice.com for Jimmy Kempsey's work. And follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton and at Jimmy Kemsky. Also on Instagram at BGN underscore radio is the podcast Twitter account at Bleeding Green is the website Twitter account. Um, we're also on TikTok. I forget what that is because I'm an old man 
and I forget the handle, um, but Rachel has a TikTok going for us too. So search, I guess, Bleeding Green or something or BGN Radio on uh, TikTok and you can follow along there as well. How about that? Um, check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. And you can do that by going to the website I just said or calling or texting her at this phone number. 856-906-9295. We will be back with you to preview the Eagles and Colts game. This has been Brandon Lee Gowton. That has been Jimmy Kemsky. We will talk to you in a couple of days. Goodbye, everybody. B-G-N.